6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. I could see people, but I can't see faces and I can't remember names of individuals that I knew that were there one day and gone. We have to acknowledge the truth. Residential schools were a reality, a tragedy that existed here in our country. We are united in grief. And I hope that what happens as a result of what happened or what was discovered this weekend is that we are reminded of our history. Indigenous people across the country are hurting. We are in pain. Remembering all those who have lost and the destruction of what residential schools has left behind. It was a sea of orange at the Alberta legislature yesterday as a couple of hundred people came together to honor the lives of 215 children whose bodies were discovered in unmarked graves at a former BC residential school. The discovery has led to calls for action from Indigenous leaders, politicians and residential school survivors alike. Many say similar searches should be conducted at the sites of other residential schools. Opened in 1893, what was known as the Cam Loops Indian Residential School had once been the largest residential school in Canada. The National Center for Truth and Reconciliation has officially confirmed 51 deaths at the school, but this radar that they were able to use surveying the land points a, to a mass of previously unrecorded fatalities, children as young as three years old. Clarice Anderson is the supervisor of Nations, Métis and Inuit education at Edmonton Public Schools. She is a, ch a child of a residential school survivor and member of the Saddle Lake Cree Nation. Clarice Anderson, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. Clarice, I don't even know where to start today. I uh, This horrific part of our past, I think for a lot of us who really didn't know that much of it, it is... Uh, it's overwhelming and it's devastating, but for those who have lived it for decades upon decades, um, I, I can't even imagine where their heads are at. So I ask you to start this off today with, where's your head? Where's your heart? Mm -hmm. So I've had to process many different emotions over the last um last few days and it's a lot of processing and sitting in thought I've had feelings of grief feelings of sadness feelings of anger frustration um, I've been experiencing a lot of emotions when you hear uh, promises from the prime minister vowing to act when you hear promises from other levels of government to look further into this and and maybe you know go to the sites of other residential schools to see what might be found um i i, I guess i'm wondering what you think of that like what do we need what needs to be done at this point well, definitely the acknowledgement would be the first 
piece. As as mentioned, my father is a residential school survivor, and he was there for eight years. And for eight years, he he was called a number, and he had the number forty seven. Mm. So. When he's talked about it, shared the little pieces of his own experience, um, and that's his story to share. If if he chooses to share one day, he talks about um, he talks about the the uh, abuse, mm-hmm. obviously, and the experiences. He talks about the um, how how he was basically educated to to push away his culture uh-huh. and didn't have the opportunity to speak his language and didn't have the opportunity to engage in ceremony, traditions, and didn't have the opportunity to be raised within his community by his family. So we have always heard that there are there are unmarked graves. Mm-hmm. Those have been stories we've we've always heard. So this isn't new information. So I would hope that there are investigations that will progress. Clarice, when when your father spoke of what happened to him, the, those eight years, that number, that number forty-seven, which was how he was identified. What impact did that have on you growing up? Well, we know we know the impacts of intergenerational trauma and we know the residential school fractured the family unit. We know that it took away those pieces, the the culture, the policy of assimilation was basically to remove at the time the language was remove the Indian mm-hmm. and and through that growing up I do have to say I'm very grateful and very grateful to my father because he reconnected with his culture and that was a step for him because coming out of residential school at 16 years, he had pushed that away because he was brainwashed mm-hmm. to believe that that was a horrible part of him, horrible part of his past. So being able to reconnect and reconnect with community and reconnect with elders and hearing the stories and singing the songs and reconnecting with ceremony, he was able to see the beauty and to experience the richness, the richness of the culture. So we, as children, had that opportunity to engage in ceremonies. I remember, as a young child, going to sun dances. <laughs> I remember having sweat lodges. We had a sweat lodge in the back of our house. Going out on the land with my dad hunting, seeing him offer tobacco to show respect for the animals or the plants to give thanks for another day we were very lucky to have that opportunity for Clarice when you speak to to children 
about about this history when you speak to uh, young people in your life what do you tell them so with our with our two younger boys we we have had that conversation because as young since they were young we've always talked about the history and of course at a level that's appropriate for their age Mm -hmm. and so every every person is on a different learning journey and they're they're at a different stage we can't we can't rely on the education system to do all the heavy lifting Mm -hmm. we do have to have these conversations with our children and with, with each other because we know um, individuals do hold resentment. We know that the, the racism is, is prevalent. Clarice Anderson joining me this afternoon. We're having uh, a conversation about that horrific discovery. Uh, the bodies of 215 children found um, in unmarked graves at a former BC residential school site. Um, it was one of the biggest residential schools, if not the biggest in the country. It's important to remember that Alberta was home to 25 residential schools. Clarice, we were talking about having conversations with, with your children and making sure that our children are aware of this. I look back and, uh, you know, it was, I don't know, grade six, grade eight. It was a very long time ago for me. We're talking 40 years ago. And, um, you know, and you also mentioned that it's, you know, just not up to the schools to do the work and to, to do the educating. And I think that was a really important part of, of what you said there. But within the school, um, in your opinion, what more do you believe should be taught about this part of our history? Well, definitely when we know that we it historically hasn't been taught mm-hmm. so growing up we didn't have the opportunity to learn about our culture growing up about first nations metis inuit mm-hmm. and it's been recently that we have been focusing that on celebrating and and educating and there are a lot of resources, really great resources out there that schools can access, that parents and community can access. We have many community organizations that can be accessed. There's podcasts, there's videos. There are um, tons of resources available. Yeah, and you know what? Um, one of the things that I've learned over the past number of years from doing this show is um, sometimes you have to do the work yourself. You can't expect everybody else to do the work for you. And certainly digging deeper into this, that is uh, clearly evident. Um, I'm curious to know before I let let you go this afternoon, Clarice, we, we have seen um, really an outpouring of of grief we have seen an outpouring of shock we've seen uh, people shaking their heads in disbelief 
about what they've heard over the past couple of days. And the fact is, I mean, you know, missing Indigenous children and the stories surrounding residential schools um, had always been talked about within, um, you know, their own communities. Do you believe that Canadians might finally be waking up to this awful piece of our past? Yes, there definitely are conversations happening. I know if you you go on throughout social media, Mm -hmm. you could probably point out. And one of the main questions I've seen from some of non-Indigenous friends would be, what do I say? Mm-hmm. So now what? Mm-hmm. So there is, there is a need. Folks are, are realizing we need to do something. We need to, we need to build awareness. We need to educate. We need to investigate. We need to create these spaces to have these conversations. And still, we still know that there are some folks out there who have never even heard of residential schools. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So do we have a lot of work to do? Definitely. We definitely do. Clarice Anderson joining me this afternoon. I want to thank you for, for joining me and sharing your thoughts and, um, and, and helping a, help guide us through what is a very, very difficult um, discussion at a very painful and emotional time. Thank you for this. Thank you. I appreciate it. Clarice Anderson joining us this afternoon.